Hi, welcome to ProBlind. I'm your host, Reed Howey. Uh, we want to thank the good folks at the thrift shop who have made an annual grant to Grassroots that makes this and other programs available. Here at ProBlind, we're hoping to provide you an opportunity to get to know your candidates for elected office. And today, we're joined by Linda Manning, who would like to be on Aspen City Council. Hi, Hi Linda. Reed. Hi, Reed. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for coming. How are you? Great. It's so great to be here, and it's a perfect opportunity to, to get my face out there to more people, so I yeah. appreciate the opportunity. Good. So you're currently the city clerk, right? That's correct. How did you end up getting to be the city clerk? Well, um, I've done this. I've been the clerk for the past five years. I've worked for the city for almost 10 years now. Um, I've been in the Valley for about 15, and... Um, I got here, I was working for Lowe's, the home improvement warehouse at the time, back in Pennsylvania. And Where in Pennsylvania? Um, outside of Pittsburgh, western okay. Pennsylvania. So they were um, opening stores in Colorado, the store in Glenwood, and they just out of the blue said, hey, we have an opportunity, are you interested? Uh, did a little Google research and I saw, oh, Colorado, 300 days of sunny year, Pittsburgh, 80. That looks interesting. Uh, next thing I knew, I was driving my U-Haul van across the country. Um, I had never been farther west than the Mississippi before, so really? it was a great opportunity. And uh, we built the store in Glenwood. I lived there for about two years, um, and then I moved to Basalt, and I worked at the lumberyard in the business center. So um, I worked in the store there, ran the store for about two years. And then an opportunity at the city of Aspen opened up in the uh, utilities office. And I started working for the city uh, about 10 years ago. And I worked in the utilities office for um, about three years. And then it kind of merged with the finance department. And I did uh, oversaw the sales tax and business licenses. And then um, uh, Jackie in the uh, city clerk's office had retired. And uh, I knew Catherine and Kathy, but I didn't really know what they did up there. And I was like, I want to go and work with those ladies. Yeah. So th at that time, it was a uh, deputy city clerk position, but they changed it to a records management job. And I said, well, I don't care what the job is. I just want to get in that office. So um, I applied for and got that job, and I started working in the clerk's office. Why do you want to be in that office? It just, there was something about the city clerk's office. There was like a, a mystique around that. You know, and it was like, ooh, the city clerks, you know, it, it's just, there was some intrigue there. And I just knew from a customer service standpoint that what they did, I mean, it just, it was beyond customer service. Everybody loved the city clerk's office. They had their fingers in everything. You know, there wasn't a meeting that they weren't involved with. They knew everything that ever happened in the city of Aspen. And, you know, Kathy Strickland had worked for the city for 20-some years. Catherine was there for almost 40 years. So they knew everything about everything. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's the place to be. So um, shortly after I started working, Catherine announced she was retiring. And it was like, ooh, she was supposed to give a little more time <laughs> than she did. Um, but she retired, and um, I applied for and got the job as the city clerk. So I've been doing that for five years. Yeah. And part of my job is I go to every city council meeting. I prepare all of the, the packets. I read all of the memos. So I know everything that's going on, and I sit through all of those meetings, and I just 
I participate without saying anything. So you, you, you're running for council because you just want to say something. I do. <laughs> there are so many of those meetings that I sit in, and I'm kicking the attorney under the table, like, why are they doing this? Yeah. And I, I sit there, and you know, I'm familiar with everything that's happening. And I go to the PNZ meetings. I go to the HPC meetings. So I see all these projects from start to finish. And there are so many times where I'm like, I, I want to be more involved, and I think there are some decisions that it's like, hmm, maybe I would have done that a little bit differently. And I'm in an interesting position because I work for the city, so I see things from a staff perspective. You know, I see things and I hear things from, oh, this is, you know, what staff's input is, and then I see it at the council table. So I get to hear all of the community input from the public comment, but I also see all of the hard work that staff puts in on on these projects. So I'm seeing it from both sides. I'm seeing it from the staff side, I see it from the community side, and I see it from the council side. So I don't know that there's anyone more involved than me at this point, because mm -hmm. I get to see it from every perspective. And I'm now at a point where I've been doing this for five years. I've been participating. I've been to more city council meetings than anyone except the mayor, because if he's out of town, then we reschedule the meetings around him. In five years, I've only missed one and a half city council meetings. So I've sat through pretty much everything. And now I just think it's, it's time for me to, to actually get to participate. Why? <laughs> I love this community. You know, and one of the, my most favorite things about my job is you know, helping out our businesses. You know, I get to, I, my office, we do all of the liquor licenses for the city. We do all of the marijuana licenses. We have businesses come in and they'll be like, Linda, I have this crazy idea. How do I make it happen? And my office, we don't like to say no. You know, people come in with bizarre ideas. And we're like, all right, well, let's see how we can make that happen. You know, because we want our local businesses to succeed in this town. You know, and we do whatever we can within the rules to make that happen. So, you know, people will come in and we work, you know, if, if we have to take them to environmental health, if we have to take them to the building department, if we have to take them to engineering, we'll do that because we want people to succeed. And, you know, nothing makes me happier than seeing a project go from start to finish. And sometimes things have to get tweaked along the way. But, you know, I, I genuinely want our businesses to succeed in this town. And sometimes as the city, it seems like instead of removing barriers, we put them in their way. You know, and, and I, I want that to go the other way. You know, I want us to, you know, if we have to pause and, be, and step back and say, okay, how can we make this happen? You know, what is best, you know, for the community as a whole? But, you know, we have to keep in mind that it's, you know, I, I want our businesses to succeed. And, you know, a good recent example of that was, you know, we had the moratorium two years ago, and we said we're going to, this whole sign code thing got rewritten because of a Supreme Court ruling, and we had a big discussion about what do we do with sandwich board signs. And we said, as a city, we're going to put a stop on it for new applications. The ones that are out there can exist, but any new business that comes to town, sorry, you can't have a sandwich board sign. And we have a lot of businesses that are in basements and second floors that would love to have a, a sandwich board sign out there to let their let customers and visitors and locals know, hey, I have a business on a second floor, but they can't have a sandwich board sign out. And to me, that's just us as a city putting one more obstacle in these businesses' way saying, sorry, you know, you can't have a sign. And it's just a little thing mm -hmm. that would go a long way to, you know, help a, a business, but 
they, they can't have it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I want to do this because I am, I'm passionate about our community. And I think, you know, I get to serve our community every day being in the city clerk's office. But if I'm on city council, I think I can just take that to a, a bigger level and just serve right. everybody. Well, you love the community. I do. And what do you love about it? Um, everything, you know, uh, the people, it's just, I don't know that there is a, we, we have everything here, you know, it's the, we have the resort, we have, I love the busy times of the year when everybody's here, but I also like the little breaks we get when it's quiet and mm -hmm. I feel like, oh, you know, we have our breathing room back. The mountains are fantastic. You know, I don't ski and everybody's like, oh my gosh, how can you live here you and don't. not ski? But to me, there's so many other things to do. I'm a big time runner and winter running is my favorite time of year to run. But, you know, I'll snowshoe and road bike. I bought a Harley two summers ago. So, you know, I kind of traded in my pedal bike for that. But, I mean, there's every activity you could possibly want to do here. But it really is the people that makes this town so special. And just being a part of that is, yeah. it's unbelievable. We really are a community. And, I mean, we are a small town that wants to be a big city. And, you know, I can walk into town in the morning. You can do any activity you want on your lunch break from a class to running or whatever. Hit up an art show after work here at the Red Brick. I mean, go to dinner, go out and dance to the wee hours in the morning if you want to, and get up and go to work and do it all again the next day. I mean, this town has anything you could possibly want to do here. That's it's a great. great place. So how do you spend most of your time relaxing? You know, uh, what, yeah, what, well, right now I don't have a lot of time to relax right. between work and campaigning, but I mean, uh, I, I love to exercise, so I'm a huge, you'll find me at the gym all the time, but I mean, uh, I have a ton of hobbies. I knit, I sew, I quilt, I love to bake. So I'm constantly baking and giving things away. But just, you know, and even just being out in the community. Yeah. You know, it's a, there's always something to do here. Do you do any volunteer work? Um, I try to. I mean, it's, it's, with me, it's very hard because my job takes up typically 50 hours a week. You know, there's so many evening meetings. But, you know, hopefully when I'm on council, I still am going, if, if, if I get elected, I'll have to give up my job as city clerk. Yeah, I was going to so ask about that. I, how does that work? Yeah. And then how do you stay in the community? Well, I, I will still have to work. So yeah. um, I, I will have to work a full-time job regardless. Um, you know, I live in APSHA housing. So, you know, I have to work. Right. I, I will have to work a full-time job to... Well, plus you have to eat. Exactly. I was going to say to pay my student loans that I'm still paying. And, right. You know, my rent and all of that. But um, I'm hoping that if I'm elected that someone will want a city council person working for them and I won't have to, you know, hit up all my friends and bartend and all of all of their restaurants, but I will have to work a full-time job. But I'm hoping that whatever I do will allow for a more flexible work schedule so I can can do more volunteer work than yeah. my schedule permits me to right Well, now. And it really is kind of, it, it, it's, it's nice to have this notion that the city council is a part of the community and working in the community have lives other than being city council people rather than being full-time, that, that's what I am. Exactly. But it, I mean, it, it's nice that you are a member of the community, mm -hmm. you know, and I think right now there aren't any current city council members that are under 50 that are working, you know, 40-hour-a-week jobs that are living in workforce housing. So right. I think it would be a nice change to have someone on council 
who represents that piece of the community. Yeah. So let's see, you, you go to city council meetings. Yes. And then one day you mentioned the whole sandwich board yes. thing as being where, you know, the, the city seems to get in the way, if you will. You know, is that, is that, what else inspired you to run? I mean, what, what do you want to do? Well, you know, and I think another good example is right now we're going through a, a transition in our management mm -hmm. inside City Hall. So we um, are without a city manager currently. You know, City Council asked our current manage, city manager to step down. We are down one assistant city manager. So I think also, you know, because I have worked inside City Hall for the past 10 years, I think I could give a good perspective on a you know new city manager mm -hmm. um, having someone who represents staff to be part of the team that would select a new city manager i think that would be you know a beneficial person to have as part of the group of five yeah. that are choosing a you know the next person to lead city hall and represent the community you know, I think that would be a, a fantastic person to have on as part of that team. You know, having a, a city manager that uh, can inspire staff, um, you know, th that, that's only a, a win for the whole community. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, I could give a good perspective <laughs> Yeah. for that as well. Well, it'd be important to have, you know, a variety of voices mm -hmm. with making that selection because it is a partnership between the town council and the city manager to well in the community as a whole forward. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. i mean uh, everybody knows that the city has not done a tremendous job in communication um, we've had some recent projects where there's been a lack of good communication between city hall and the the community and you know as a member of staff we could do a much better job you know we are workers when someone says here is a problem solve it that's mm -hmm. what we do you know, we, we want to solve problems. And so um, that's what we're good at. But we're not always so great at getting that message out there yeah. to, the, to the people in the community. And, you know, sometimes we, you know, drop the ball on getting feedback because we're so focused on solving the problem. And we think we have a great solution. And then when we present that to the public, it may not be the one yeah, that everyone in the community wants. Yeah, that you've kind of lost the support for whatever. Well, how do you fix that, though? Well, and a lot of that is, you know, getting out in front of it and saying, hey, here are some really good ideas. Here's maybe A, B, and C. How do you feel about that beforehand? But, yeah, will it slow the process down? Of course. And, you know, that has to be something that everybody's ready for. You know, you're not going to get an immediate solution. And, you know, what used to maybe take nine months might take, 13 or 14 months mm -hmm. because you're soliciting feedback on the front end instead of at the end. But that's something that, you know, everyone's just going to have to realize, hey, instead of maybe just going out for one or two feedback sessions, you have one at the beginning, get feedback, work on the problem, then present again. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, if, if that's what it takes to get more community support, then um, maybe it's worth doing that. Because, um, you know, the, the whole mobility lab um, example, the pedestrian bikeway, I mean, we've had some uh, pretty big projects uh, go south just because of the uh, 
the feedback issue. And um, it, it's not good for anybody. You know, we, we don't need that uh, uh, split in the community. Right. Um, and, and we don't need it uh, uh, on a staff level either because we have a lot of really good staff people who are very smart and very talented. And we want to work. We, we want to do a good job. And, and it's hard, too, as a staff person when you spend a lot of time working on something and you think you have a really good solution, and then you hear back from the, the community, and, and it's like, oh, that's not what they wanted. Right. To then get motivated again to go out to the next project. Yeah. But, you know, there's always that balance of, oh, of, of you want to get things done, and but you want to get the support of the community. But on the other hand, it's this analysis paralysis thing of, of you can spend your whole time moving these issues forward it's tough to get that balance it and is move it. and there's always going to be people who no matter what you do it doesn't matter how much feedback you do you gather there's always going to be people who no matter what you do aren't going to like something right and you know we need to realize that and i think as the city we do no matter how much input you solicit there's always going to be people who are aren't going to be happy no matter yeah. what we do yeah so you know, you, you love the community. What what particular things about it do you love and do you want to see go forward or yeah. enhance? And well, there, there's a lot of things that I love. Um, you know, we have a, a great um, workforce housing program, and that's something that, you know, we need to um, continue to move forward, you know, and everyone is going to talk about affordable housing and employee housing. And, you know, I think the first thing we need to do with that is figure out what we have and um, the housing team, they're working on an inventory management system. But until we know what we actually have and who is in what units and are the people who are in there qualified to be there, um, I don't know that we can really move forward with the program. Hmm. You know, we're talking now with the county about what do we do with APSHA? Do we restructure it? How do we restructure it? I think those conversations are somewhat premature until we know what asset it is we have to manage. You know, I think we need to get a handle on that first. You know, figure out what we have, what are the capital reserves, you know, what do we have to manage, and then let's figure out our, is our current system right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, once we figure out what we have, who's in it, the rules need to be communicated, you know, and they need to be enforced consistently. You know, if, if we're not enforcing the rules consistently, if people are going to get upset. And I think that's where some of the um, issues have happened in the past. You know, if things aren't being enforced consistently, then, um, of course, there's going to be issues with the system. So we need to figure out what we have, what we have to manage, and then enforce the rules consistently. And then we can talk about where do, where do we go from here. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, well, we need to build more units. Well, let's figure out what we have first. And then we can get a little creative within the system. You know, we have people who, you know, 15, 20 years ago when they were raising families and they were in three-bedroom units, their kids are now out of the household and they're in units that are too big for them. If they want to swap with someone within the system who's in a home that's too small, let them swap. You know, I mean, those people have already qualified. If, you know, someone is in a two-bedroom place and they now have three kids and they want a larger place and they want to swap with an empty nester, let them swap. You know, they're already in there. The, the people who um, need a bigger place, instead of having to maybe move down Valley, let them stay in the system. Let them keep being productive members of our community. You know, I think we need to think a little more creatively about the assets that we already have. It, it, it begs a question that 
you know, you mentioned that you came out here to, to open the Lowe's mm -hmm. store, that you have student debt. Yes. Um, so I'm curious, what did you study, and, and, and is it a business background? Oh, gotcha. you're starting you're starting to talk about APSHA yeah. as an asset, you know, and the, that big business language is, so I'm, I'm, I, I want to know more. <laughs> um, I actually studied archaeology and geology. <laughs> What was I thinking? Yeah, no, 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 uh, no business background. Um, but uh, it's funny because everything I did after school was more in the business arena. You yeah. know, all of my background at Lowe's and in the lumberyard was on the business end. So that's right. where, you know, I, I so managed that's where all the those education stores. came in of yes. thinking about that. Yeah, no, I knew I needed a college education, but I had no idea what I wanted to study in school. So I said, oh, I'll give, go dig up bones in Africa someday, which is right. where the archaeology came in. And then I just, I would have stayed Did in that school work? forever. Did you get to Africa? Or? Uh, no, oh, <laughs> far <okay>. from it. <laughs> no, the, the farthest I ended up was in, uh, you know, the southern um, United States for a, a few summers. But uh, uh, it was fun. But there is no uh, real career in archaeology unless you want to, you know, really live out of a tent the rest of your life. And, yeah. um, you know, I thought maybe one day I'd do museum work, but... Now, how'd that lead to Lowe's? Uh, well, there was a Lowe's in my college town, and so I was doing that and going to school Where at the same college? time. Uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. So um, it, I was just working there part-time while I went to school, one of many jobs. And um, when I graduated, they said, hey, just work for us full-time. Right. And they treated me really well. So um, I stayed with them. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it led me out here, so you know I'm very thankful to. So when to my you came Lowe's out family. here, what what is opening a Lowe's like? I mean, what do you? Oh what did that evolve? Well, it was from the was ground it really up. It was there like, was a concrete box, and we did everything else. We put all the shelving in, and I mean, it was we literally opened that store. Yeah, we, yeah, it was. It was a lot of work. So the shell was there. The shell was there, but we put everything in the inside. I mean, we were yeah. How long did that take? Uh, it was. It was a couple month process. I mean, yeah, it was it was quite interesting. They brought in an outside crew, but we did everything. We drilled the holes in the yeah. concrete and put the shelves up and brought all the product in and hired all the employees and it was an interesting experience. Amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun though. And that was you said fifteen yeah. years ago? Yeah. Well, that's that's a thing sort of everybody's challenges how to how to make their way in the valley and stay here yeah yeah and now now you want to be on the council I do yeah I mean I just think like you said you know I sit in all of those meetings and I just think I could bring a, a new young just different perspective yeah I mean I I've worked for the city for 10 years I've seen a lot come through and I'm just there's some new excitement that I think I could bring that we haven't seen for a while. Yeah. How is it, how did, and I have to ask sure. this, how is it more than, I've been on the inside and seen the mechanics of these things, mm -hmm. I can do this better. Yeah. You know, is, is that really sort of what you're thinking or is there a particular direction that you want to go? Yeah, I don't know if it's such a, I can do this better. I think it's just more of a, a different, you know, I, I want to try things different. Um, you know, I think even just our, the way the council meetings have been going, 
lately. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of our, our current council all seems to be on a different page about everything. You know, we sit in the meetings and there's not a lot of consistency between our council members. Um, so consistency I, like individuals just, taking the same position yes, like over time yeah. or well or just agreement. even from meeting to meeting, you know, consistency and thought between them. Um, and there doesn't always have to be, right. but when we sit in meetings and meetings go on until 11, 12 o'clock at night, um, you know, I, I think meetings, you know, and a lot of it is up to the mayor as well as to how the meetings progress and how the meetings are run. But, uh, and we will have a, a different mayor mm -hmm. come June when the new council is sworn in. So um, I, th I think that will probably change how, how the meetings are conducted. Um, you know, if I'm on council, I still will have to work a, a job, and I hope we're not there till midnight <laughs> for all of our meetings. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think there will be new energy on the city council regardless of what happens. But, you know, it would be nice if the, the council communicates. Um, you know, I know they can't, more than three of them can communicate prior to a meeting, but... You know, it would be nice if it, there's some communication between the council members and, um, you know, prior to the meetings. And well, it does seem like it's always, you know, it is a council. Mm -hmm. You know, the learning to work as a group yes. in, in some way is really important and fostering that, that dynamic of being able to work things through so that you get at least some consent from the group to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I just, it doesn't seem like with our current group of council members, there is that, you know, sense of team. Mm -hmm. And what in your experience has brought the ability to put a team together? Um, well, I, I run a team in my office. So, I mean, there's five of us in our office and we work really well together. I mean, everybody knows what their job is and we get it done. Mm -hmm. And I would not be pursuing city council if I didn't think I had a team that could do the job if I wasn't in the office. Yeah. So, I mean, I would not leave the city in a position where if I was elected to city council and had to quit my job, that the clerk's office was not able to function yeah. <laughs> without me in there. So, I mean, that's my first priority is making sure our office functions. Um, so we all know what we have to do we're, I mean, we are a well-oiled machine in our office. So, um, you know, I, I think I have a real, really good team. We all work mm -hmm. together. We know what we need to do. So um, I, I think that if I was on council, I could help foster that sense of team. Yeah. Now, my wife would want me to ask you, what kind of Harley do you have? Oh, I have a Sportster. Okay. Yeah, and it, she's so pretty. I mean, it's she's matte charcoal and just matte black pipes. There's no chrome on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when did you get that? Uh, two summers ago. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, good luck. Thank you so <laughs> with much. With both the election <laughs> and with your Harley. Thank you. Um, be careful with both. I am, yes. All right. Well, and, and that uh, concludes another episode of ProBline. Uh, hope this has been helpful getting to know candidates. This Today, Linda Manning. And thank you for tuning in.